0: What's up, world? I got a question for you. What is it that makes coffee so damn good? Maybe it's that caffeine and dopamine hit you get after pounding a pot or two. Or perhaps it's that feeling of connection that you get when you sit down with another person to work on yourselves in the process of recovery. Maybe it's the fact that you can take something so bitter and turn it into something so delicious. Whatever it is, we in the recovery community love our coffee. And why not? Coffee is fuel. Coffee is love. Coffee is life. That's what makes Brainwashed Coffee the perfect partner for the Other Side of Hell podcast. Not only is every flavor of Brainwashed Coffee mastered and handcrafted by obsessive minds who won't stop until they've gotten it just right, but 50% of all proceeds go back into the recovery community to help those who may still be suffering, which makes Brainwashed Coffee a no-brainer. My personal favorite is Ego Ain't Your Amiga. A nice blend of Ethiopian and Guatemalan bean with a hint of citrus, dried fruit, and caramel flavor makes it a delicious blend for any time of day. Right now, you can go to brainwashedcoffeecode.com and use promo code OTHERSIDE for 20% off your coffee purchase. Brainwashed Coffee, clean your bean. We at the Other Side of Hell podcast are not therapists, doctors, or counselors. We're
1: just two guys who have been through hell and come out the other side. Please be aware, we may talk about drinking and drugging in detail. Anyone struggling with addiction may find this triggering. Our goal is to share our stories, explore our struggles, and connect with others through our experience. Remember, we are not alone. There is hope, and together, we can get better.
0: What's up, world? I'm Willie. And I'm Willie. And you
1: are Cameron. Oh. What's up? I am, <laughs> I am, I'm a You are here confused. And I am glad to be here. I'm glad to be here, man. Welcome back. Dude, it's been so long. Like a week and stuff. <laughs> I cried when we were apart.
0: It's been like a week and stuff.
1: And then when I like smelled you, when I smelled you today, I was like, dang, there's that smell. Yeah. That I haven't smelled in so long.
0: B.O., no deodorant, no detergent.
1: Really, it, feel, it, feels like, uh, it feels like you probably use that natural deodorant that doesn't yeah. work.
0: That well, Avery's, Avery's very holistic and natural, so mm-hmm. she takes care of me. She wants me around for a very long time.
1: Well, she, you would so, think she'd want you to smell better if she wants you around that long. Well, she's like you and she likes my smell. Okay. So <laughs> her and I, I'll, I'll call her later. We can talk about it.
0: There you go. Talk about me. So what's up, Cameron? No, dude, I'm good. Yeah.
1: I'm feeling really good today.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling good too, man. I'm excited to talk about this stuff because I have some of the things that we're going to talk about, which is thinking errors. Mm-hmm. And we got that from our war story. We've been doing that lately. We've been getting the topic from the war story. The podcast is coming around. What better like, place to get it? Yeah. You know, we're going to be hearing from Big Dan, a local guy.
1: Yeah. I like, I, you know, I. I, I definitely have seen him around, yeah, but I, I haven't met him. Per Such se. a great dude, man. Yeah. He's
0: been through the fucking ring, put him, put himself through the ringer, I, as he yeah. mentions in his story.
1: As does happen. So
0: you know? yeah, I mean, w- we are great ones. Us alcoholics and drug addicts are great ones for taking our situation and making it ten times
1: worse. Yeah. And, and the, the good news is, is that it, hopefully we get to a point where we can look at it just like he did, you know, look at it and say, man, I wouldn't change anything, anything about it. Right. Well, yeah. You know, and that was, that was what I really liked about his story is he's like, yeah, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah. And, so. uh, and that's such a big part of, of what we get here in recovery is this idea that, Hey man, like, I like who I am today and I wouldn't be that person if it weren't for, for all the shit that I've I've been through for sure.
0: But we, yeah. And I mean, through it, we got the topic of thinking errors, Mm -hmm. which are a, a big, it's a big topic in, in the recovery and mental wellness movement. It's something that needs to be discussed and it's something that needs to be thought about. We got on live, Instagram live before the show. And we got some great, great points. You Mm -hmm. know, we got some great points from people that hopped on and contributed. So anybody that was remembers that, you know, thanks for your thanks for your talking points. So thinking errors, Cameron, I have none.
1: Well, I don't I don't have any either, except for when I think I'm (laughs) Willie at the beginning of the show. Well, we kind of are a reflection of each other, right? Like, like, in a way, like,
0: you know, I, 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 I dare say there's times that I'm Cameron. You know, especially
1: well, in my thinking and behavior. There's definitely times where I'm glad that I'm able to talk to you about my thinking errors. <laughs> yeah. And have you identify with them as well. Yeah, like, not be know?
0: alone in it, for it's sure. Like, oh
1: my gosh, Willie, I, I, for some, and how many times have we had this conversation where I'm like, for some fucking reason, I think that this is a good idea. Yeah. Like, and it's like, not.
0: Like, you think that what's a good idea? Like well, usually it's
1: like, it's like food, you know, like I'll be talking about like a craving or something. And, and for some reason, Willie, I think it's going to solve my problems yeah. or it's going to do something magical.
0: Bring some sort of relief. Yeah.
1: It's going to, it's going to do something to me that, it, that is almost absolutely 100% guaranteed not to happen. Yeah. But for some reason in my mind, this is what I'm thinking. Again, right?
0: Like, like continually trying yeah, to find again. happiness in the same place we consistently lose it. Mm-hmm. Right? We've heard that before. We've we've heard Wes talk about that. Say we, it again. We've used it. You know, trying to find happiness in the same place we consistently lose it. Yeah. Going back to the the insanity of thinking that something bad for me is going to be good for me this time.
1: It's like I'm looking. I'm looking for something to do the exact opposite of what it's going to do.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, like, yeah. it, it's actually going to destroy, but I think for some reason it's going to build me up. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what, you know, that's what he talked about. And that's, that's the thing that I really appreciated about his story was just hearing about how, you know, like he was able to come to these conclusions. and mm-hmm. And it seems really easy to say now. And luckily, you know, I do feel grateful that I'm in a place where I can call you and say, dude, for some fucking reason, I think this. Yeah. And I know better, which is why I can say it to you Mm -hmm. in that way and in that context and be like, dude, like this is, this is what my brain is telling me right now. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and luckily like we're able to look at it and, and laugh a little bit. You know, there's a lot of times where you and I will be talking about some of this stuff and just playing like, isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. You know, but it, it, it took a lot to get to that point.
0: Right. Cause you know? yeah, we're on the other side of right. some of it now. Like exactly. when your ball's deep in a thinking error and fucking wrecking your life, you know, for me, like going along with that, one of the things that, that, for whatever reason, you know, the, the thinking error was my unworthiness to have anything good in my life. Like I was just unworthy of anything good. And so I made sure that my, my actions reflected that. Yeah, I made sure that, that I held up to that low standard of myself. Like, mm-hmm. okay, no reason to be successful. No reason to show up for life today because I'm a fucking loser. and And that's just not the case, right? But my behavior reflected that and so then my life reflected my behavior and it was just this perpetual cycle of negativity in my life and i kept trying to find relief in the vices yeah in the chemicals Mm -hmm. in the food in the Mm -hmm. negative relationships in the self-harm just continually 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 luckily you know i found a program that that has helped me through that but we got a great point from from billy from brainwashed coffee on on the live where he was talking about you know, how my first thought isn't always the best one. Right. Right. And I'm not responsible for my first thought. I'm responsible for the action that comes out. First that. action. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Which is beautiful. Like, I think it's important for me to remember because I can, I can really get lost in condemning myself for my thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that, that um, it's important for me to remember that that I do have that part of me that, that doesn't think the way that other people might and so you know like the, there's a classic example is like with honesty right somebody might ask me a question and my first thought is to lie <laughs> for whatever reason Well, I don't know why I'm laughing about that because it's funny well it's funny because you know that's what happens yeah like and and And, uh, and how often I can think, well, I should probably lie about this and I think it. And luckily, you know, I'm in a point where I don't always do it. Um, but I can really, I can really condemn myself for like, oh man, why do I think that way? Like why? Why? Why do I, you know, why am I the kind of guy that just wants to immediately lie about it? Like, yeah. What is that about me? And just get really spun up in and, and, you know, the destructive process of, of kicking my own ass for it.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and that's a great point because while you're sharing that, I'm thinking about how I will condemn myself for the thought, mm-hmm. regardless of the positive action behind it. Right. I'll, I'll forget OK, like like, for example, the lie or or we were talking earlier about like, you know, trying to get away with with you know, stealing something at the self-checkout. Right. right? Like and it, apparently a lot of people can identify with that. So <laughs> I'm not alone there. But, um, you know, uh, they make it so easy. I will I will condemn myself for thinking it, even though I did not proceed with it so so i think it's a great point for anybody that goes through that to like like look at your action behind that thought right because just because you think it doesn't mean you're in that space it doesn't mean that you are that action you Mm -hmm. know because i can go like you were talking about with the lie i can i can have cameron ask me a question and and about how i'm doing right like, like say willie how you doing and and maybe i'm doing great maybe i'm not but Uh, If I'm not doing great, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I don't want to fucking put myself on blast. I don't want to deal with whatever it is that's not making me in this high vibration and great space. So my first initial thought is like, I'm good. Yeah. You know, even though that may not be true. Right. So I want to think that. And if, if I'm honest and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not doing great today. I I still try to condemn myself for wanting to lie about it, even though I didn't lie about it. And so it's, again, trying to, like, like the dis ease trying to get me into the loop of mm-hmm. negative, you know. Yeah. The thinking errors about myself, like doing the the next wrong thing, despite the consequence. Like Maybe that's a great way to put it. Thinking error. Thinking error is doing the next wrong thing, regardless (laughs) of the consequence behind it. Right.
1: Well, and the opposite of integrity. Yeah. Like you talked about like a negative loop and that's exactly what happens. Like I'll step into this negative loop. Like, I mean, I condemn myself for my thoughts all the time, but like when I was drinking, Or, you know, in sobriety, early, early sobriety or, or many in one of the many, many attempts to sober up, you know, I can remember having these instances where I would be thinking about drinking and be so like, oh man, like, I can't believe I'm thinking about drink. I thought I had come so far and it's like, dude, you're an alcoholic. Like you, this is this is going to happen every once in a Mm -hmm. while. You're going to think about drinking. Like I'm a, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm going to think about (sighs) binging every once in a while. You know, like that's just the reality, but I can really be like, fuck, like I just, I just don't want to think this way. Or, and I've heard this said in some people that have relapsed, some people that I know that have relapsed where they're like, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't lie to myself anymore. what do you mean you couldn't lie to yourself anymore? I couldn't pretend that I wasn't thinking about drinking. Yeah. Nobody said you were going to stop thinking about drinking. Yeah. You know, like luckily, if we get to a good point, we can be relieved of the obsession. But it doesn't mean that every once in a while I don't have these thoughts that turn to a drink. Yeah. And that's fine. That's part of the thinking error. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and like, that's the thing about it is like, we get to a point where we see that this is a flaw in our thinking, right? We accept it. And then once we accept it, we can move past it. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is a part of my thinking for whatever reason, like, and not, and I can get too caught up in that too. Don't even get me started. Like, but I have to just forget about like, I don't know why I think this way. I just do right? right. For whatever reason, I'm one of those people. It's fine. And like, once I recognize that that's a part of my makeup, that's a part of the way I think, I totally accept that part of me, then I can fucking do what is necessary to move past it and navigate around it or whatever the case is. Yeah.
0: And it's nice, it's nice to have help. I gotta have help. You know, it's nice to have help. Because I couldn't figure this stuff out on my own. Right. As much as as I would like to sit back and be like, oh, I'm so great. And I I figured this out. That wasn't the case for me, you know. And, And Dan brings it up in his story. We'll let him tell it. But, you know, attempt after attempt after attempt after attempt. And then getting to a point where I was like, why the fuck? How am I still not getting this? How am I still... And then internalizing that, right? And mm-hmm. and internalizing that is something that I'm never gonna get this. I'm broken. And I think when it comes to thinking errors, you know, it's my inability to perceive the real world around me, you know, me thinking that I know what other people are thinking, right. me thinking that I know what's going on behind closed doors, me thinking that I know the best of everything in everybody else's world, or me thinking that I know how to make this utopic world where every, everything would be fine if you just you know and the in the big book talks about that the big book alcoholics anonymous talks about some of that stuff where you know i'm reminded of of one of the paragraphs where it's like he's talking about you know the world would be a utopia if just everybody would just follow
1: along yeah. with me play my by, play you know play by my rules and yeah.
0: and when i start thinking that, that that's absolutely true then i'm fucked right mm-hmm. like like yeah. then i'm no longer teachable i'm no longer learning i'm no longer in the space where i can grow i'm in the space of defense which is another one of my one of my errors when you know somebody comes at me with something that i don't quite understand i will shut down and i'll start trying to to like avoid the conversation or avoid the way that i feel right and so i'm starting to kind of think that you know i can see where my thinking Reacts to my emotion and my emotion reacts to my behavior. Right. Mm. And so I started getting avoidance through all this stuff, even though I've never really uh, investigated what's going on with me, you know. And it was very apparent when I look back at my using and drinking life that I was just fucking running on instinct yeah. alone. Yeah, I was
1: just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> but the instinct was completely flawed and off. Right. Yeah. Right. I was I was always in fear. Well and, and driven by, you know, a desire for chemical and relief and and everything that, you know, comes from a drink or a drug. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm alcoholic,
0: man. I by my my solution was the problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, and it goes back to what you, you know, what you said at the beginning, you know, we're looking for the relief from the thing that continuously brings us harm, you know, trying
0: to, trying to find happiness in the same place we continuously lose it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's funny because as, as I'm thinking about this, I think one of the biggest things I was, I was guilty of and, and you know, um, I mention this just because currently I'm seeing this behavior play out in, in some people that are really, really important in my life. And um, and so I can totally recognize this as, as something that I have done and that I can continue to do, you know. Um, and that's basing my actions on assumptions. Right. Like, okay. Tell I will, me about it. Well, I will assume, like, it's so easy for me to to look at, let let's just say, like, let's just say, for example, like the workplace, right? Like I've got a superior. And so I'll present something to that superior. I'll assume that they hate it. I'll assume that they don't like me. And so I'll take any feedback that they've given me mm. from that perspective of <laughs> them not liking me. <laughs> and then I will base my actions on that yeah. assumption And all of a sudden, I'm not interacting with this individual as a genuine person. Right. I'm interacting with them based on false notions that I've made up in my mind. Nice. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, well, I'm going to dictate how this situation goes down based on false beliefs because I'm basing my actions on Shit that's completely made up. Right. You know, but it's real in my mind. I'm just so convinced that I know what this other person is thinking. Yeah. You know? And 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 really a big part of uh, of early recovery for me was stepping back from that and really realizing like I've got no fucking clue what anybody else is thinking. And not only that, but like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like not only do I not know, but like I don't have to get lost in what they're thinking. I'll assume that that person's going to tell me what they're thinking. I'll take that person at their word. Like, let's just let them decide what they want to tell me about how they're thinking. Right. And then I'll base my actions off of what they've said. Right. Rather than what I think. That's solid, right? there.
0: That's, that's a solid solution to the, to that Mm -hmm. super solid. You know, let me assume that they are, going to tell me what they, need right. Or what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a catastrophizer as well. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a catastrophe. I see this in myself all the time because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go to do a job, a project that, that I have on my books or whatever. And, and, I will automatically start thinking that it's not going well. It's not going to yeah. turn out well, yep. that I don't have enough help, that I don't have enough resources. And I'll start making these excuses up inside of my mind while it's not going to be successful and how it's going to end up in a disaster. And I have to, like you said, step back mm-hmm. and recognize that that is not true. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and then I go back to the evidence of my past that says, well, I've been here before, right? Right. Here's my old friend, Negativity. What's up, dog? Hey. You know. How are you? Hello again. Right. I've asked you to leave several times, but apparently you live here. Neg- negativity. <laughs> You're not going yeah. away, so just sit so, right over there. So just calm yeah. down and let me let me get back into this positive way of thinking that mm-hmm. isn't natural for me, but it's necessary. It's yeah. not natural, but it's necessary, right? And so, like, I move into that space based on the, the experience that I have from my past successes in recovery, right? Since this journey has started, I've got to experiment with my thinking. And like you said, step back and be like, is this true? Does it matter? How does it affect my life today? All those things are, are, are really great points, you know? So that's, that's really solid on the way that you put that. And, and it brings me to the, one of the next points that we got off the live again, you know, is these unrealistic expectations Mm. Of myself and others, you know, and and that creates this, some more uh, uh, of the thinking error, right? Like, like I go in, you know, like your work is a perfect example. Mine's a perfect example. But like what you're saying is, you know, I do this thing and then I expect a certain result. And when I don't get that certain result, whether it's conscious or unconscious, the result that I'm expecting, if it doesn't come, it creates this negative resentment. Mm -hmm. This negative resentment creates an emotion inside of me. And now I'm living in this emotion and I'm basing my actions and my next move on something that's not even real. Right, right, right. Off this
1: emotion that I feel based (laughs) off of something that I've made
0: up. That I've made up. Yeah. You know, what a, what a fucking great breakdown of a thinking error. Well, I think
1: the emotion is, is absolutely real, right? Like the anger, the resentment that I feel is absolutely real, but that anger and resentment is, is stemming from this notion or idea that I've completely made up. Yeah. So it's like, and, and my solution to that is that I want to, I want to eliminate it. Yeah. I want to eliminate it. How? Cookie. Well, a cookie, <laughs> a drink, a drug—like whatever's yeah. going to make me feel better. Avoidance, yeah, my or screen. avoidance, yeah. Let's scroll for a while. Go isolate. I'm gonna, you know, like just take my mind off of it, whichever way I can. And really, like, what am I taking my mind off of? An assumption, like, yeah, that's something I made up. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Ah. Like, uh. But that's, it's, it's a part of the disease. But it's there. Yeah. Right. It it just, it, it comes with the territory.
0: Yeah. And then I, I flipped that over because as you can see, like we can identify that. Yeah. Right. And, and we can identify it not only on the show, like we've used this in our own lives on a, on a daily basis. I do it all the
1: time. Right. Like,
0: like, is this true? Right. We can, we can, uh, uh, show in real time that that this this is a is a good pattern of, of thinking or whatever like it's a good way to break it down but at the same time like I still have this expectation of myself to not go there mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. weird that I'll find myself balls deep in it, right. And, and ask myself again, like fucking, how did I end up
1: here? Right. Well, usually it's a good gauge on how I'm doing spiritually, right? Like, like my, my ability to move through that is usually directly contingent on how, how I, how spiritually fit am I today? Mm -hmm. You know, like how much of a program am I working? Like what am I helping others? Am I reaching out to others? Like what's, what's going on there? Because sometimes I mean this shit happens every day. Yeah. Every day. You know. But I can move past it with ease when I'm talking to you regularly, when I'm talking to other alcoholics, sponsees, sponsor, you know, like and and staying directly plugged into the program. Um, to a program, to my program, when I'm exercising, when I'm eating right, when I'm doing all the right things, when you know I'm just doing the next right thing yeah. continuously, one day at a time, I can move through those with ease. Yeah. But when I'm not, I sit there for for a long time and and start questioning, you know, the thoughts that are that are coming to me, and I start believing them, and I start you know basing my actions again off of. You know the thinking errors that I'm having in my mind, and so like that to me is 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 a, a gauge. It's a good reminder. Like when I start believing the negative thoughts that I, that I that are coming into my mind, it's a good reminder. Okay, I need to look at some some shit. Dial it back. Yeah, I really need to like plug it in.
0: Bring it in for a landing. Bring it in for a landing. You say. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and for for anybody that's new to the show or that that hasn't listened for a while, like you have a really solid daily program, right? Mm-hmm. It w- and it, and it looks like what, what, what do you do on a daily basis that helps you avoid
1: those negative thinking patterns or, or, or yeah. thinking errors, right? Yeah. Like,
0: like what are you mentioned a couple of them? It's
1: right? RPM, RPM, baby reading, prayer, meditation, um, exercise and, uh, and yeah,
0: that, I mean, that's solid mind, body, spirit, right? right. Getting enough rest, mm-hmm. but not too much, mm-hmm. you know, pushing mm-hmm. yourself to the next level, doing, doing things that are hard, that are uncomfortable so that when uncomfortable things come up, we know we can get through those uncomfortable things. Yeah. Right. Which is, which is a, a whole mindset thing in itself. Yeah. Right? Like I have to do these hard things. I have to be honest about the way that I'm feeling, you know, and then what I've also noticed, like in my own life with that stuff is like when I stop practicing these things for a little while it's harder for me to get back to it sure you yeah know, like like I'll find myself you know just for example like if I'm not talking to you or somebody else I'm convinced that you don't want to hear that shit you know and, and then I start believing that negativity and then I end up back in the fucking loop again right right pounding my hand, like Where? back back in the food back in the cookies back in the negativity you know back on the phone And it fucking sucks, you know, and, and fortunately for us, we have this podcast, Mm -hmm. we have each other, Mm -hmm. we have people that are looking out for us, but that doesn't change the first thought for what, like, I still have that. Yeah. Yeah. I just have some, some tools that help me get past it a little bit better. Having people that identify with what I'm talking about when these things are well received, when I share them, you know, all those things help me.
1: Yeah. Well, and and I think it goes back to that, that same thing that Billy said, you know, like, I'm not responsible for my first thought, like, because I, I really like, it can really, it can really eat my lunch sometimes, you know, like yeah. I just, I just really start, why, why? Like I get yeah. caught up in self-pity and then, and then, you know, that's another thing is the, the thinking error is it, it really can bring out those defects of character. Yeah. You know, I start, I start... Um, getting lost in self-pity and then I'm not talking to other people I'm not reaching out to other people and then I, you know before I know it I'm being really selfish mm-hmm. you know and then that selfish behavior might have me isolating and I'm not helping around the house and and you know like I'm not I'm not being the husband that I know that I can be I'm not being the employee that I know I can't be because I'm completely disconnected and isolating from the world around me you know all because like I'm I hate the fact that I have thinking errors. (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, get over it. Yeah. You know, like that was definitely the first part of the process is like, dude, I remember sitting in that chair in treatment and being like, I'm a fucking alcoholic. Poor, poor Cameron, you know, like here I am in treatment, you know, like, yeah. And it was like, well, fucking get over it. Yeah. Because that's just, that's my reality. Yeah. I am an alcoholic. Okay, now what? Yeah. You know, like now that I have accepted it, now what? Exactly. Um, And and that was all a part of the process. And that's what I really liked about Dan's story is like, he he really talked about like, okay, I really had to get into the nitty gritty of what was going on. Like, what are my core beliefs? Yeah. You know, what, 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 what what is making me think this way? and and recognizing all that and that was such a part of my journey
0: yeah the the willingness that we must have Mm -hmm. to go to those dark places Mm -hmm. regardless of what we may find right because that's where alcoholism takes us right it's to the end to the jumping off point alcoholism and drug addiction takes us to the point where we're finally willing to do whatever it takes to get to know ourselves and if you don't you will continue in that loop of fucking relapse. Mm. You know, we see it with, with people locally. Like, unfortunately, we see it we see it within the rooms that we go to now or people that have been around for a long time. You know, we get concerned about it, but we see it all the time. You know, these people that come in, they talk a good program for a while. They seem to have the lingo down. They, they seem to be doing okay. We don't see them for a minute. They come back after a relapse. Right. Like, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, well, I just... I stopped doing these things. I thought it would be a good idea to go do some more research. Yeah. We we hear it say, do some more research on it. And the, the crazy thing about it is, is that it's not necessary. It's Mm -hmm. not necessary. Relapse is not necessary, but it's part of it. And if you can come back from a relapse and be willing to go into those places and take a look at your thinking areas, you know, when, when, when we brought this up, uh, the picture when i was in treatment there was a picture and there was a, there was a billboard and maybe you guys have seen it but it was a picture of a guy with a chain wrapped around his fucking head mm. with a padlock and and it said thinking errors and then it had these examples of thinking errors you know and you know entitlement and selfishness mm. Um, mm. you know there there are these certain ones and 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 i have those oh yeah right like oh, entitlement's yeah. a big one for me me too and and I, and i i wish the very best for all of us in the ability to study what thinking errors are you know talk about them recognize them move past them and then continue that work because for whatever reason I have this disease this dis-ease inside of my mind that's constantly looking for a way past my you know, for the weakest point in my wall, wherever my program lacks, whether it's one of those things in the morning or communication mm-hmm. or or fatigue or whatever. Like this thing is just fucking constantly trying to get in and just destroy my spirituality, my joy, my comfort, my, my freedoms and, and all those things inside of myself. And and so to come in and, and have some place that's safe for us to go to and talk about it and learn about it and open up about it is is
1: is really great. Mm-hmm. It's nice and necessary. Like I have to have, I have to have a safe haven Yeah, where I can talk about this stuff. And, you know, luckily like we guess we get it on the podcast and we get it through the community, um, online. And, and I'm very grateful that we have found as many people out there as we, as we have. Like, I think one thing that this podcast has done is just really spread my, uh, my recovery to a whole new plane. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I, I have people here, who are in that community that I can talk to and open up with. But, you know, like uh, being able to identify with people via direct message and and still have that understanding with these individuals. Like, yeah, that guy thinks the way I do. Mm-hmm. He's got the same thinking errors I do. You yeah. know? And this is how he navigates it. So this is what I, you know, what I should do. And so, dude, like having those resources is just so, so critical. And I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position now where, where you know I can generally recognize the the next action that needs to be taken when I find myself returning to those same patterns of thinking over and over and over and over, but it doesn't mean that i I should do it alone, right you know like I can recognize it, but it doesn't mean that i that I have the fortitude to go into it alone. I still need to lean on people, yeah, I still need that support because without it, like I'm apt to start believing that I've got this. Yeah and i don't got this yeah i just don't yeah so i need help i need help every
0: day me too every day i won't lie man and and ultimately the the only reason that i care about this is because somewhere somehow i decided i wanted to love myself mm. and i wanted to, live. to and, live and and when when that happened when that spark happened inside of me this life started springing up around me and i started creating this life around me to where now It's not about me, you know. There's people that rely on me. There's people that count on me to to show up and be the highest version of myself. And they can. They Mm -hmm. can fucking count on me doing everything I can today to be the best me possible for you, for our listeners, for my family, for my children, for everybody that's in my life. You know, I do this stuff not just for me now. I do this stuff for everybody around me because everyone around me is affected by my thinking errors. Yeah. You know, when I'm in the negativity, their lives are negative Mm -hmm. and I'm part of that, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah,
1: like it just, it makes me think about, you know, like how it, it, it it's maybe not as clear, you know, at this stage of the game, how negatively it might impact the people around me. But if I was drinking, it would be very, very evident how it impacts the people around me, yeah. you know, it would be very, very clear to see that the destruction I am causing does not only affect myself. And so sometimes like it might be a good idea for me to sort of put it on that plane and be like, dude, this, this thinking error, if I follow this pattern of thinking, like it could be just as destructive to those around me as, you know, as if I were drinking, Yeah, you know, and I don't want to do that to them, Yeah, you know, So I'm going to just do the next right thing today.
0: Yeah. Which is the opposite of a thinking error. Right. Right. Like if we go back to, I don't know if that's the actual definition of a thinking error, but thinking error is doing the next wrong thing, regardless of the consequence behind it, Mm -hmm. you know, versus integrity doing the next right thing, regardless of who's watching. Right. And so it's kind of like a a neat contrast because we have both of those in us and we have that dark and light and. They're both present, and we get to experience them both, and and, and I prefer this side of the table much more. Yeah. You know, over here is, is, is a much better place for me to be in. I appreciate it over here. I try to earn my seat over here, show up for it, you know, earn my position as one of the hosts of this show and, and part of this community and a voice for recovery and an example of how bad it could get. And how good it can get, yeah. Because okay? it got fuck it got sorry, it got pretty bad, mm-hmm. it got pretty bad for me, and it's gotten bad in recovery because of my thinking errors, right? You know, mm-hmm. and for for some neat reason, you know, when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the fear of change, we become willing. Yeah, yeah. that's a pretty common thing, and I think that that Dan is a perfect example of that. We brought him up a few times, but I think. Right now is a great time to really talk about Big Dan. BD. Yeah. That's what I and call you'll, him. you'll see why we call him Big Dan when, when we share his story. But, you know, it's been an honor to watch him rise and fall, you know, because I've, I've known him for a few years. And the guy is, is one of those people that, and this the the guy, it, it, impossible to not love.
1: Cool. <laughs> Good.
0: Yeah. hmm and it, 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 uh, and he shares about you know using that against his family oh sure yeah, yeah. and they finally got to a point where
1: they're like fuck off <laughs> <laughs> sorry and that can be what it takes you know yeah it sounds it, like in his case that's what it took yeah you know so
0: i mean he listened to it what did you think
1: i thought it was great dude i i i, I like i said I'm, I'm quite certain i've seen him around i i uh i i I had no idea that his story, um, has been so extended. Um, and what I mean by that is just that he's been in and out for the last 15 years Yeah, he's been, he's been trying to get sober for 15 years. And mm-hmm. that's, um, you know, that I, I can't imagine that. I really have a hard time with it. You know, like I, I, I have a hard time identifying with, with that yeah. specifically. It doesn't mean that I I don't remember what it was like to want to get sober and not be able to, but for it to go on that long and to keep coming back, that's just amazing. Yeah. It's just
0: so awesome. That's, that's a demonstration of searching, right? Like, fuck, here I am again, you know, And, and I could identify with a lot of that stuff that he's talking about as far as like trying to find joy and then and drinking and then drinking to try and find joy. And the drinking is causing misery. Yeah. And and now that I'm miserable, I need to try to drink to, to be happy. And 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 you're in the loop again, fucking back, back in it. And, and for me, it's all, it always leads back to drugs. And now I'm in the drugs. Yep. Like there's never any joy or freedom or, serenity or any of that shit you know it's all just a fucking mess but i appreciate that he went through what he went through in order to find out that there's some errors in his thinking that that he needed some therapy and stuff to identify right Mm -hmm. and i can relate like i need help from other people because i can't figure this shit out on my own yeah even you know i even needed help outside of the rooms of 12-step me too i still do like yeah Mm -hmm. like it this stuff only goes so far without needing more, more and more help, right? Like, if you want to continue to grow, we've got to continue to learn. If we're going to continue to learn, we need to continue to find teachers to teach us. So, yeah, yeah. Continue so, searching and seeking. Yeah, um, and then the cool thing is, is we get to do stuff like this and then, you know, give it back. Yeah, and share it back. And that's what that's what Dan did with his story. So, if you are on board, let's uh, without. Any further ado, shall we? Let's do it. Introduce you to Dan, and this is Dan's War Story.
2: All right, folks, I'm Dan Fosmark. Um, Will asked me to come on here and just tell you kind of a little bit about my story myself. Um, I'm 35. Uh, I grew up here in Utah. Um, lived a couple other states throughout the way but um, mostly here in Utah um, I was raised in a pretty you know a conservative Christian home um, I was I was taught a lot of values and a lot of um, uh, things to value like truth and honesty and and um, good being a good person all around um, and that kind of stuff and and so, you know, my parents are still married. They're, you know, they've been married for over forty years, and, and they still, um, you know, they're they're still happy, still still doing well. I have two brothers. Um, they're both they both got kids. Little brother's about to have a girl, first girl in the family in like two generations, I think. So that's kind of cool. Um, so I wanted to focus on um, this last year for me. Um, I've been in and out of treatment uh nine times um, my first one I was 20 years old so this is 15 years in the making uh, been sober in that 15 years I've probably been sober for a couple years of it um with with actual um sober time like working a program I kind of cut my teeth in AA um this last um go-round of getting um clean I went to a uh, what they call a um, therapeutic community style rehabilitation center where it's focused on behavioral modification more than um, a 12 step higher power model Um, it's kind of understanding why I think the way I think and that was a question that I could never answer Um, for myself I knew that Um, given the opportunity, I would drink or drug at every, um, turn because I couldn't, I, I couldn't stand being in my own skin. Something about me wasn't, um, wasn't comfortable. It wasn't, um, something that, um, life was, I was good. I was, I was successful in, in athletics. I was a college um, athlete, um, you know, I, I it's not like my childhood was was bad by any stretch of the imagination, but something in me wasn't um, satisfied. I was always um, restless, irritable and discontent um, for the most part. And and through a series of injuries, I got um, addicted to painkillers. Um, this was in the early 2000s. So. Uh, this was the early 2000s, and, and it was kind of before um the whole opioid thing became a, a huge epidemic. Um, and I was a scholarship athlete. And so I was afforded um really good medical care and and being an asset to an organization that needs players to make money from and, and athletes, um, they were more than happy to accommodate um any sort of medication needs that I had. Um, Cause the, the goal was to give me back and, and to give me performing again. So, um, so I got pretty, pretty addicted to pain medication and I was partying and it was in college. And, um, and so that kind of started this whole road. Um, and in that I've, um, used everything that you could probably think of. Uh, and so my life looked a lot like this in the last 15 years. Um, Job after job after job, a um, couple months at a time, I, I, I would fall off, um, stop showing up, um, stop showing up on time, not doing the work I needed to get done while I was there. And I'd get um, fired and, and it was always someone else's fault. Um, them not understanding me or what my needs were and um, or understanding that I was the one that did it. But, you know, nonetheless, the outcome was me having to move on um and so it was just kind of in and out of that in and out of the rooms of AA um that's where I met um Willie which was years ago now I think yeah it's been a long time um and so this last year I so I got my third dui in January of 2018. 18 um and so I'm now a felon. Uh, I went to jail for a while, got out on probation, um, was doing good, uh, working and it just kind of, you know, the, the alcoholism and the drug use just kind of crept back in. Um, I started being just unhappy. Uh, didn't, I didn't have a solution to how I felt and, well, I did have a solution to how I felt and it was um, anything that would make me not feel how I, I felt inside. And so that's what I did. I went, I reverted back to what I knew was destructive, but it was the only way I knew how to get through the, the day, despite all the stuff I'd learned in, in AA and, um, and through you know spiritual advisors and just good friends. Um, I, I, I don't think I was ready to hear that message quite yet. <laughs> And, and in my mind, I thought I was, and I do really well for a while. And then, um, I would take the foot off the gas and, and coast a little bit. And that was always um, turned into a disaster for me. So, um, so I ended up back, back in jail through a, uh, a probation violation, um, from drinking and, um, went back to jail Um, and I have a zero to five hanging over, hanging over my head and I, and I didn't want to go to prison. Um, uh, and so I asked the judge to get me into a program, which in my mind is easy because I've done so many of them and I completed most of them, got kicked out of probably half of them, but you know, I, I completed half and was, you know, a model, a model, uh, student of, of a therapeutic, um, environment. And, and so I thought, Cool. I'll just do this. I'll, I'll appease these people in, enough to where I can just get out and I can just start doing what I was doing again, because that was the only way I knew how to be okay with myself. And if anyone's, whoever's struggling with, with this, you know that, that it's, it's a, it's a cra- crazy cycle of me being unhappy, so I drink and then drinking making me unhappy. So it's just a, a constant um, cycle of guilt, shame, on top of guilt, on top of guilt, and and just feeling like, you know, my existence was a problem. If anything, it, it was it was an inconvenience to everyone around me, and and that's how I felt. That's how I that's how I perceived myself. And so I went to a. a a rehabilitation center. And I was, I was miserable there. It wasn't like I was used to, it was, it was a lot of work, not a lot of therapeutic side. I didn't feel like I was getting what I needed. So, um, so I left there and, and this was a turning point. I left there and it was, it was in June, early June of last year. And, I walked from Farmington to East Layton to my parents' house because I didn't have anyone. No one would come pick me up. Um, no, one, no one wanted to be around me. So I walked over to, to my parents' house, and it was about 6 in the morning when I got there, and um, they opened the door, and they'd already known. I, the, the place called, you know, the chain of custody, the place called my my parents and, and let them know um, what had happened. and And they just said, sorry, dude, Um, you, you just, we love you, but you just can't be here. You can't, you know, we we can't, we just can't do this anymore. We've been doing this for, for 15 years. And, and they were, they were big enablers at, at the first. I don't think they wanted to believe that there was an issue. And, and over the years it got to a point where it was just like, let's help him out because maybe that'll help him out and, and but that was you know they learned over time that them helping me out was actually uh, detrimental to because i used that help um and i was ungrateful for it and i i used it just to get a handout and and then I wouldn't follow through with any sort of a commitment that I made um, to them on what my follow-up would be, follow through with with that help. And so um, my dad, they let me in to get a bag and um, the trust was so shattered that my dad actually walked with me down to the room I used to stay in and wouldn't, wouldn't even let me be alone in his house. Um, And that's how, that's how, that's, that's the place that I took it. I took it to that point. And, and that was a a pretty big eye opener for me. So I went and I slept at the park for about a week. Um, And, you know, one of those days was my birthday and I drank the day before that was June 2nd. And, um, and my parents let me come over to eat on my birthday And I thought for sure, you know, it's my birthday. They're going to let me stay here and I'm going to smooth stuff over and I'm going to make it right um, enough to where I can get some sort of stability. uh, Because safety, safety, hunger, thirst and shelter were never things that I ever had to worry about. And to have to worry about those things and not know how to worry about them correctly, because it's never been an issue. Um, that was a weird situation. That was a weird feeling for me. And, and they, you know, they fed me some food and my mom gave me a you know, little sack of goodies and said, bye. Um, and, and that, you know, it was, it, it got real, really fast. Um, so I'm, I'm sleeping in a park and um, I'm having to, wake up every couple hours so i can um i I got i got the sprinkling system timing down really really good and so i'd shift around so i wouldn't get sprayed in the middle of the night by the sprinkling system um and so i called my po and i said what had happened and he told me to go into um basically a holding a holding place you can kind of detox or or and they get, they get you into treatment. And so I went, it was in Davis County and I went there and they let me stay there for a couple days while they, they filled out all my paperwork and they called around and they got me into a treatment program. And uh, I don't know, can I even, can I say the name of the program? I can probably fine. So I got into Odyssey House, which I'd heard a lot about Odyssey House in, in jail and heard that it was just a tough program, but they accepted everybody. Um, And I felt like I was probably one of those everybody's at that point. And so I was, I told him, I just said, just get me into there because I've heard it's hard and I've done easy. uh, and And it hasn't done anything. And, and in these last, you know, 15, 16 years, I've, it wasn't for lack of trying to get sober and stay sober. It was there was I, I really wanted to not live in misery all, all day long, um, but I just didn't have the skills um, to be able to to do that for any. I, I couldn't sustain that for any period of time, no matter what what I did or how I tried. I could never maintain. And so I got into Odyssey House and this was, you know, pandemic was at its height. And you know, I was quarantined for a couple of weeks in a house, and and this whole concept of this community is just so foreign to well, to everybody. If 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 you if you're not familiar with with how Odyssey House operates, you I can't explain it. It's not it's not something that's easily explained. But that was a really it was the best year of my life. Um, I was in their residential program for six months and in there, and mind you, I've been in through nine, nine different rehabs and they were everywhere from retreats like AA based, you know, um, stuff to, to religious. I spent a year in Seattle in in a religious program to where they just taught about, um, Jesus and, and never talked about our problem of addiction, um. And I, I passed, you know, I, I went through there, and, and it was a year long, and I did well. And um, I can say all the right things, and um, and I went into Odyssey House, and it was totally different than anything I've ever imagined. They, I, I got a an individual therapist who is my hero to this day. She's she's an incredible, incredible woman. She taught me how to. She taught me how to uh, how to navigate my mind, and how to how to to look back and, and to look forward and to dig into what makes me tick. Because the whole my whole life, I didn't understand why I did the things I did and why I thought the way I thought, and nothing I had tried up until then could explain that to me. And she introduced me to, and, and Odyssey House as a whole introduced me to, um, these concepts like core issues and core beliefs and thinking errors. And so what a core belief is, is something I tell myself that I actually really believe that is self-defeating. Um, one, my biggest one is, is, um, is i am worthless um one of them is um i'll never be good enough um i'm unlovable uh all these things that i believed uh throughout my life i'd done so much damage to myself and those around me that i believed that these things were true um that i'm ne- i'm not good enough um and these thinking errors that accompany those are I guess to understand them, it'd be like lapses in in thinking that you're pretty unaware of. Um, Like one of my biggest one is people pleasing. That's a thinking error. And for a lot of people, you know, I'm a people pleaser. So that means you do a lot of stuff for other people and that makes you feel good. Well, if it's when it's a thinking error, I use it to try and prove to myself that my core belief is wrong that I am lovable. If I do enough for somebody, if I go out of my way, then I'm going to get what I need from them in order to feel loved. And that blew my mind. Um, that was a revelation that was was incredible because it answered the question, why do I act the way I act? And, um, because I, I think about myself the way I did self-esteem and self-worth were low, really low. And so things like love, approval, and respect were, were so paramount. And, and I would get those, I would get that. I would try my hardest to get that through external means. And I would do anything I had to do to get that. I would use people. I would, um, You know, I would, I would, I would lie. I would, I would cheat. Um, I would, you know, be talking to other girls if I was dating somebody so I could, so I could feel wanted because whatever it was, it wasn't enough. It was an addiction in itself. Um, The external validation that I needed in order to feel okay um, was was something that held me back. And, and I never understood that that me being wired as like a people pleaser, that, that I was using that as a way to sustain my addiction. Because if I could smooth the, the waters out, if I could do enough chores around the house, if I could mow the lawn and clean the grill to make you know my mom um, forget about that she found a bunch of drugs in my room a week ago or make somehow smooth that those rough edges over, then I can continue to do what I'm doing. And I, on a cognitive level, that wasn't, it wasn't registering is, is what, what, what I was doing. And, and, and so, and, and that introduced me to a love for psychology that I have today and trying to understand why people think the way they think. Uh, when I started studying the great um, clinicians of of the twentieth century, like Carl Jung and um, Heinegger and um, Carl Rogers, and some of those Freud to a certain certain extent, um, because these core beliefs and core issues are actually formed between the ages of um, two to five, really. Um, that's when these things start to start to form these, these feelings that we have about ourselves. And so even though I had a good childhood in my mind, there were things that I could now that I understood, I could look back and I could replay memories and I could, I could pick stuff out that were like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, this is why I acted that way in this certain scenario, that. You know, I understand that. And now that I understand it, I can change the way I conduct myself and how I present myself to the world because I know better. And, and that was incredible uh, to me. So I started doing um, some some shadow work. Um, it's a, a union principle is, uh, of shadow work. And that's, you know, the idea is in order to be an enlightened person um, and know yourself truly, you have to understand uh, your darkest side and and what you're capable of. Uh, because as a human being, I'm capable of, of committing atrocities that that everyone in any atrocity that's happened in the history of mankind, I'm capable of that because I'm a human being, because human beings committed those things. So I can be a guard at Auschwitz. I'm capable of that as a human being, but understanding that and having a healthy respect for my dark side, so to speak, or, or my, my shadow um, allows me to understand the, the benevolence that I can exhibit as well. The love that I can have for other people, because the love that mother Teresa showed to people I'm also capable of. Um, I'm capable of doing things that any other human being is has done um, in, in a way that, that, that how they influence other people's lives. And so um, that's what I learned I, I learned those things and now now I'm out of there I'm in sober living and I'm working and i'm 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 digging in um, every day into into more psychology to be able to understand and help other people understand maybe what they're thinking. Um, getting registered for school. I'm going to get my substance use disorder counseling certification so I can work in the the uh, substance use field. Um, and I'm thinking about getting my master's in psychology to uh, so that I can I can do what what my counselor did for me, my therapist, and help people understand how they how they think and. And that kind of stuff turns my gears. And so that's what I just really want to do in life is, is to be able to pass on what's what's been given to me and and I have the the opportunity to be around people, you know, like Willie and and be friends with them because they're on the same, they're doing the same thing. They're they're helping people out every day and and, and that that makes it all it just makes life so much better when I'm, when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And because I've learned that my existence is, is paramount. My, me as a person um, is just the way it's supposed to be. And, and my, I have value as, as an individual and, and, and as a as a person and a person in recovery, and I have valuable things that I can add to to people's lives, and so um, that's what I'm doing these days. Uh, on let's dude, let's plug some uh, social media outlets. Um, uh, I'm on Facebook as Dan Fosmark, um, and I'm on Instagram as Let me find out. It is big underscore d dot fos big d fos on instagram um yeah i i just uh i'm down here in in salt lake and just doing doing my thing and and living the life that that i've been supposed to be living the whole time but i'm glad it happened when it did because uh if if those things wouldn't happen then I wouldn't be the man I am today. And so everything, everything happens for, for a reason. Um, so that's my, my deal.
0: Yes. Living the life I've always supposed to be living. Yeah. I'm glad it worked out the way it did too, bro. Yeah. Like we were, we were a little concerned there for for a minute over here i I love how Dan. would you not be yeah yeah I, I love Dan dude like always always even even when he's not doing great, he makes me feel good, like just he's just you know one of those guys that I love people like he Dan. had to be made that big to fit his entire heart in there ah like, uh, wow, you know that's like you, yeah, wow. Well.
1: I, mean, I i think it
0: yeah is, thank you yeah. so you know thank you for sharing that vulnerability man talking about your homelessness and all those you know the points of of surrender
1: yeah nine times man i got a lot i got a lot out of his story dude. yeah and and i i just really appreciate hearing it from start to finish and seeing where he's at now and just how how fascinated he has become, like he 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 went deep enough in trying to figure out what was going on with his thinking that now he's become fascinated with the idea, yeah, you know I get that man yeah like, I remember just being like, man, like I really do think about this like why do I think like well, you know what's going on yeah. with my brain you know, and, yeah. and I love that he you know that he that he wants to look at that even further and then use that information to help others man. yeah. That's epic, dude. Dude, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, that was for amazing. Sure. You know,
0: Odyssey House ain't no joke, man. You know, I've talked yeah. to a couple people that are from there and it's the, you know, the, the therapeutic community of it from what I understand is very intense, you know. And, and as you can see, it was finally something that as of up to today, right now, it's been working for him, you uh-huh. know, that deep finding that deep understanding of why we think the way we think, you know, and, and it's so, it's so, I, I resonate with it so much that question of why do I continue to behave this way regardless of what I know about it? Right. Right. Yeah. Why,
1: Mm -hmm. why why did I do it again? Mm -hmm. Why did I do it again? Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and being like, am I ever going to get that? Yeah. Am I ever going to get it?
0: Just not, n- never feeling comfortable in my own skin. You know, mm-hmm. just, I never felt comfortable in my own skin like he was talking about. And, and it took some action in order for me to get there on a more consistent basis because I still get uncomfortable on my own skin. It's just not, I'm not there as much as I used yeah, to be. Yeah, I don't be.
1: live there anymore. Yeah. You know? Like now I'm able to, to sort of pull it back and at least and at least say, okay, what's going on with me right now yeah. that I'm not, that I'm feeling this way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, but yeah, dude, the, the whole thing with his parents was just so moving yeah. for me, dude. Like I was just like, I, you know, like I, 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 when he when he was talking about that stuff with his parents, I was just like, go them, man. Ooh, like be tough. I mean, amazing work on their part. Yeah. Like, way to put up those boundaries and, and do what is necessary. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, not easy,
0: dude. Yeah, fuck, we're, we're dying anyway. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to watch their children die in front of them. Mm. And, like, I think, I, I can only imagine the, the conversations they had without him there about what the yeah. fuck are we going to do yeah, about that? Yeah, What are we going to do with our son? What the fuck? And they're finally
1: to a point where, sorry, well, dude. Here's the thing, is, like, look at how close that action was to his his, his moment, right. you know, to him actually getting it and sticking with it. It's like, I don't think that it would have happened had they let him come back.
2: Probably you know, not. would
1: have just been the same cycle. Another, yeah. Another and cycle. I of the think same. they knew that, you know, and I, I remember, you know, I remember being in that, in that level, like having, having my parents look at me and, and just, you know, begin to wonder if they had to wash their hands of me. Yeah. Like, Damn, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Yeah. You know? And just being like fuck man like that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at that like my my family who was always supposed to love me unconditionally is like considering just cutting ties. Yeah. Damn. You know that was a hard pill to swallow but it was it was what was necessary like we always say you know the pain of staying the same right like that was painful. It that's was. how painful it had to get how painful it had to get for Dan, like sleeping on the park bench or moving around the park to avoid the sprinklers was as painful as it had to get for him to find, you know, the hardest, like this is the hardest recovery center I can do. This one will get me to look the deepest. It's the one thing I haven't tried yet is doing the really, really hard thing. Yeah. And look at him. Proud
0: of him. Yeah, look at him. And yeah, awesome. He's doing it. Doing it. And like he said, you know, he, he put his plug in there, you know we'll, we'll obviously link it in the description, but uh you know reach out you know if you have questions about some of the stuff that he has in his stories or s- some of the answers that you may think he may have for you, listen to that you know, mm-hmm. ask the question you know mm-hmm. like with anybody on our show with any of our stories that we have that and, and the people put their plug in there. And they say, reach out to them, reach out to them. If you're, if you're resonating with that person, like find out how they're doing it, find out how they're doing, you know, ask them for help, give them feedback. You know, that's what this is for, is to get as many pathways to recovery as possible. There's not just one way. Dan's an example of that. Like, and it doesn't take one time. Sometimes it takes nine or 12 or 50, You, you know, if you're still alive, you still have a chance and that's that's the point like we just we can create a healthier world through doing this stuff together you know yeah. I really believe that you know we're examples of it on the side of the table so absolutely big Dan thanks
1: big dog Did thank you appreciate so much appreciate you man that was amazing appreciate you I hope so. to see you around I hope to see you at a meeting yeah. or something It'd be amazing 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 so,
0: just yeah. like today's show yeah thank you Cameron thank you man thanks for being here Thanks for, you know, letting me think about my thinking errors. (laughs) Thanks
1: for reminding me that I have them every time I think I'm you.
0: Yeah. I'm not you, Willie. No, you're not, thankfully. Yeah. There's enough of me for for this side of the table. I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. Yeah, this one room, there's plenty of me, and we need more of you. I love you. Jordan, I love you. Thanks for Wait, will you just Jordan? Stop, wake up!
1: Stop, 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 stop giving Jordan a compliment. I want to just sit with what you just said to me for a minute. <sighs> what I, what I miss? Oh, Jordan, you are here. What I, what I miss? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we, we had this show. We did. We talked about. We, we love you. Was like it? Oh, it yeah. was, what, not important. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right, cool. Thank we'll you,
0: interns.
1: Thank. We said thanks, intern. All right, thanks. Yeah. But, Thank, thank you guys and appreciate you. I love you. Thanks to everybody watching the show. Thank you, Willie, for being the ship. Yeah. All the Nobody else had rather have thinking air as well. Thank you.
0: And we just want to thank everyone for listening, everyone for watching, and
1: we will see you on the other side. Remember, you are worth the work. Thanks, guys. The Other Side of Hell is a do-it-yourself podcast. For more information, recovery resources, and contact info, check out our website at theothersideofhellpodcast.com. You can help us spread our message by liking and subscribing, giving us a follow, or a five-star rating.